Welcome to SECC. We pray that you are blessed today as you listen. Good morning, everyone, and Happy New Year. You know, when I have a cold, I love sausages. You don't have to chew. You don't have to work too hard at them. They're delicious. It's my comfort food. And I find there are passages in the Bible that are like comfort food. I turn to these passages because I know them incredibly well. They sustain me, particularly when I'm tired, when I'm uncertain, when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling sick, when I'm overwhelmed. These are passages that I find easy to access and they give me sustenance. And whilst we have entered a new year, I think the uncertainty of the old year still remains. And in that uncertainty, I thought it good to spend just a few minutes looking at one of those passages that I see as my comfort food, and I know many of you also do, and that's Psalm 139. And like a sausage, where I can't recall the first time I ate one, I can absolutely remember the first time I encountered Psalm 139. When Zoe and I were living in Sydney, we went to an Anglican church, and it was then where I asked Jesus back into my life after many years of being far from his presence. And those months after I did that was this tremendous and challenging period of a new life, both physically and spiritually. And it was during that time where we visited an antenatal clinic and there was a plaque on the wall that first exposed me to Psalm 139. And it said this in verse 13, it said, You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. As a new Christian, I was often struck really struck by bits of the Bible. It was a period where the words of the Bible were so new that I read and it just affected my emotions and always in a good way. And as I read that plaque, I had to try very hard not to hold back the tears of awe and joy in a creator who makes new life. It was a really, really special moment for me. And that evening at home, I read Psalm 139 for the first time and was absolute awestruck by this chapter. And since then, this psalm is one that I've returned to in many, many different circumstances. It's become one of my comfort food passages. Why? Because the words they contain give us a picture of a God who passionately loves us. He loves us so much that he pursued us. He created us. He bears our anxieties and our troubles. And I'm going to speak about Psalm 139 under these four specific headings. He knows us. He pursues us. He made us and he knows our anxieties. So the first one, he loves us. I'm going to read the first six verses of Psalm 139. 
It says this, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down, and you are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hands upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Amen. You know, how many times has someone asked, how are you? And the response you've given back is, I'm fine, and you? But really, we're not fine. I think there's a massive irony, a paradox, that through technology, we become ever more connected. And yet loneliness has never been so great. People grieve. But the world is in such a hurry to move on that it doesn't give people the time to mourn properly. Perhaps we faced or are in broken or difficult relationships But our pride means we put on a brave face and don't truly face them. I think there's there's been times where we've all felt that there is nobody who we can truly pour our souls and our hearts out to. But that's not true, is it? And these verses that I've just read are a wonderful reminder of a God who passionately loves us and who we can lean on. We can pour our hearts out too. I love these first few verses of Psalm 139. And let me just bring out five key points from these verses that I've just read. God knows us in ways that no one ever will. Verse 1, you have searched me. You know me. Verse 2, he knows when I get up and when I lie down. Verse 2 again, he knows our thoughts. Verse 4, He knows what we say before we even say it. Verse 5, you hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hands on me. You know, there are an outrageously large number of things that I believe make us feel unknown, alone, unloved, but be encouraged. In these verses, we see, I believe, a God who is equally outrageous in his love for us. Be encouraged. Our God knows us intimately and loves us passionately. And these few verses in this beautiful song confirm this. It's a really simple point here. God loves us. And I think that these verses that are so awesome because they talk about how he loves us, not just stating the fact that he loves us. And perhaps the next point is simply an example that shows how much he loves us. But for the purposes of this talk, I've made it a separate point. And that point is he pursues us. I'm going to read... Um, verses 7 to 12, and it says this, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I 
flee from your presence. If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. And if I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. I gave my life to Christ as a very young boy, but fell away in my teens and my 20s. And those few years where I was far from God, in one sense, were very exciting, but they were immensely destructive. I had amazing experiences playing in bands. I lived in Paris for a month. I slept rough underneath the Eiffel Tower. I made friends with people who were seeing Europe for the very first time after the borders had broken down with the collapse of communism. I met bands who went on to amazing success. But over that time, I lived in a great darkness. I hurt many people. I did things that I should not have done. However, however, God, in his awesome faithfulness and awesome love, gradually turned me. And he made me recognize my need for him. So why am I giving you my testimony here? Well, here's the point of why I'm saying this. Because whilst I'm incredibly special to Christ, just like absolutely every single person sitting here is, my story of going from dark to light isn't original at all. Every single person who has given their life to Christ would have the same story. The same God that is described so eloquently in Psalm 139, verse 12, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Do you know, if there's anyone out there who is struggling, who feels like they're in darkness, in a place that Jesus Christ cannot touch, well, the news here is that darkness is like day to Jesus. If this is you, then I'd love to have a chat with you. I'd love to pray with you, perhaps walk a few miles with you. Because I really passionately believe, and I stand here today, because Jesus Christ can absolutely see into that darkness and address you where you are. And we know that because the Bible tells us so. And as I've just said, many of us here have been grabbed out of that darkness by Jesus already. But perhaps you've forgotten what it was like to be there. I really encourage you to remember what he has saved you from. We sang blessed assurance, and I think there is a great assurance remembering that once we were on an incredibly dangerous path that would have led to death. But now we're on a path that leads to light. We were in uncertainty, and now we're in certainty. For those of you who have given your life to Christ, be assured that Christ has changed you utterly. 
But do you dwell on that change? Do you recognize that change? Dwell on this. Give thanks to God who loves you so much that he pursued you in the first place in that darkness. You know, perhaps some of you have been grabbed by Jesus out of the darkness but are struggling with sin. And if this is you, take it to God in prayer. You know, find people who can, who can lovingly help. Remember, this darkness is like day to him and he will forgive and he will forgive and he will forgive. If any of these, this darkness and light, if any of this rings true with you, then in a few weeks, we as a church are going to be running the Alpha course. And it's a fantastic few weeks where you can explore more about what Jesus grabbing us out of the darkness really means. If you're interested in this course, let me know. I'm quite happy to give you a leaflet or um, point you in the right direction of people who will be running this course. Next point, he made us. I'm reading from um, verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in that secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You know, these verses, verse 13 and 14, were the verses that I saw in that antenatal clinic in Australia. And these were the ones that introduced me to this amazing psalm. But what does it mean when he says... Um, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, fearfully made is a strange expression. But what I believe the psalm is saying here is that it's a huge reverence for God and his amazing creativity when he creates a person. But I think the thing which really strikes me here is that the psalm is not talking about any person. It's personal, isn't it? It's personal. It says, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in that secret place. His eyes saw my unformed body. And he knows all the days that he has ordained to me. You know, I think there are many verses and psalms that celebrate the creator God and point to his majesty and his power. In the first chapter of Psalms, for example, it says, you know, heaven is God's throne and earth as his footstool. But for me, these verses are incredibly special because they are personal. They give comfort, particularly when I consider my own weakness, my own frailty, my own health. The Bible is clear that I need not worry. Why? Because in these verses, I am told that um, the God who created me, create, sorry, the God who created the universe also created me. He did it intentionally. 
And he decided how long I am going to have on this planet. Nothing else will. You know, the God who created the universe that is described in so many other Psalms made me. How special and amazing is that? And final point, he wants us, he pursues us. Finally, I think this is perhaps the greatest part to all this, and this is the God who deals with our anxieties. And I'm reading from verse 17 here, and it says, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I am awake, I am still with me. And then verse 23, it says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there is an offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. I think we are living in some of the most uncertain times that history has ever thrown at humans. For some of us, this uncertainty has made us feel like the years are just slipping by. For some, this uncertainty makes us anxious. And anxiety is defined as as feeling or showing worry or nervousness or unease about something with an uncertain outcome. I think the psalm gets summed up best in these final verses. Because if we allow God to search us and know us, then I believe he can deal with those anxieties. If we truly believe the words of Psalm 139, then that unease about something with an uncertain outcome should be eased. Why? Because he hems us in. He's familiar with all our ways. He knows the days we will live even before we have lived them on earth. He knows us. These verses are full of certainty, aren't they? With him, there is certainty. There is no reason to be anxious. No one knows us like he does. And with that certainty, we can live in confidence that even though the world may crumble, we won't because he has us in the ways that are described in these verses. And this is amazing comfort food and probably the key reason why I keep on coming back to this chapter. So how to finish? How to finish? If we want to make the most of our time on earth and we're not feeling like this is happening, then come to Psalm 139. I encourage you this week, open this chapter Dwell on these words, savor them, rest in them. Allow God in to know your anxious thoughts. Let him be the leader on those paths that are everlasting. 
Tune out a bit from the constant media that seems to just deal and thrive in uncertainty and leads to that anxiety. And turn to him. We call him the great I am who deals only in certainty. Spend time thanking God who, who grabbed you out of the darkness, who created you. And most of all, enjoy the most wonderful ways that God loves you and described in these verses. God bless you.